Well, hello everybody. Good evening and welcome to Lamrata, First Church of the Nazarene, LM1, Wednesday night Bible study. We, uh, we're excited about being here. We're excited that you're tuning in and uh, we're going to be able to share the Word of God and do some praying, actually, along with uh, uh, sharing the Word of God. Uh, tonight's not our normal night of prayer, but we're in uh, Mark Moore's book, uh, Core 52, Pastor Mark Moore, and uh, the chapter is chapter 20, and it is on prayer. So not only will we be reading about prayer or studying about it and talking about it, we're going to actually do some right in the middle of our lesson. I think we can do that. And uh, as a, an illustration of when you can pray, and uh, uh, we should. We should be prayerful. So let's, let's go ahead and, uh, and even open it up in prayer today. And uh, I'm Pastor Arthur. If you're just tuning in, and glad to have you with us. So let's open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for allowing us to gather together in your name. We thank you, Father, for technology. And we, we just thank you that, that your spirit abounds everywhere. That you, um, you are with us here in, in our house. And you are with all those who are watching wherever they are watching from, Lord. And uh, that's just a part of your attribute, that you are everywhere. And uh, so we just give you praise and honor and glory. And, and Father, I just would pray over the, your word tonight, over this study, that uh, it would be fruitful and it would multiply in our lives and in our hearts and our minds, that it would um, guide us into prayer it would guide us into a relationship with you that would consist of, of prayer and communication and talking with you. Because that's really what it's all about. And, uh, and so even right now in this moment, I thank you that your ears are attentive to my cry. And that as we lift up your name, Father, you are glorified. And so we, we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus precious name amen amen and amen so um, chapter 20 uh, uh, core 52 uh, Mark Moore's book and uh, prayer and the passage for tonight is Matthew 619 or 6 9 through 13 and let's share it our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The question for our Bible study tonight is how should I pray? And uh, that's a great question. I also included some other questions of when should I pray? Why should I pray? Where should I pray? So how, why, when, where? Well, why should I pray? Uh, because God has told us to. Jesus has just commanded us. He says, when you pray, pray in this manner. He's teaching his disciples how to pray. They asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. 
He said, okay, when you do it, this is the model, this is the format, these are the components, the elements, the things to consider in your prayer and in your prayer time. Why should we pray? Because it's communication with God. It's our ability to talk to God. When should I pray? The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. So it's not telling us that we have to have this one long prayer that never stops. It's an attitude of, of being prayerful all the time. Uh, where should I pray? Wherever you are. You know, if you're just getting into the car, if you're just getting out of the car, if you're at home, if you're sitting at a red light, if you're getting ready to go through a green light, uh, pray nobody else is coming. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, be mindful that we can and that we have the opportunity to pray with God at all times, to be in direct communication with Him. And, um, you know, we're, we're accustomed to being in direct communication with each other, <laughs> uh, whether it's through our iPhones, or I, our iPhones, our iWatches, our iPads, <laughs> our telephones, whatever kind of phone you have. It's, uh, it's there for us to use. In the lesson tonight, communication is the foundation of every relationship. Communication. Everyone communicates, but few connect. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, what relationships do you have in your life that this speaks true about? See, every relationship, every relationship that we have, the foundation of those relationships are our ability to communicate, is our ability to communicate. If we communicate well, if we communicate authentically, if we connect in our effort to communicate, it builds um, success in our relationships. This applies also to the relationship with God as well. The question is, do you have a relationship with God? What is your relationship with God like? How would God describe your relationship with Him? <laughs> would it be the same as how you would describe it? Your relationship with Him and His relationship with you? Is it based on constant communication, daily communication? Um, is it based on effective communication or ineffective communication? We're we're not going to uh, um, we're not going to talk about the debacle. <laughs> I want to call it a debacle from last night, um, but it sure does give us an inclination of the effectiveness of communication, and it shows us what the relationship we we know what the relationship is like with the presidential candidates because of their um communication with one in, with each other last night just for watching them for five minutes <laughs> um you know it was embarrassing it was embarrassing to see such childishness from both sides uh so we're going to focus on God tonight, but that gives us a good starting point um, to recognize the importance of our communication and the ability that we need to develop or to, to, to create in our lives uh, to communicate with God. And, and 
and prayer is simply talking to God. It's not real complicated. You know, we uh, if we want to have a meaningful relationship with God, we need to learn how to talk to Him. That's it. But do we do we really need to have a prayer coach? Do we need to have a class on how to pray? I mean, the disciples asked Jesus to teach us to pray, and He said, "Okay, this is what you do. This is how. This is the format." And uh, you know, we we make it very complicated for ourselves, and it need not be. Um, I I don't I didn't have to have a convert uh, a class in order to communicate with my friends, uh, even as I was growing up, or you know. I just, I learned how to talk and, and that's what we did is we talked. And what if we, what if we used that same theory or same practice with God? Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who receives, everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. God created each of us with instinct to pray. I mean, hey, when the earthquakes happen and the trouble on the airplane, um, when the uh, elevator doors get locked up, all of a sudden people remember the name of Jesus. And you hear it being uh, called upon uh, intently. And, uh, you know, it's, it's written in our hearts to, uh, to know him. And, and Jesus uses this uh, prayer. It's a famous model of prayer. Uh, it comes from Jesus and what we now call the Lord's Prayer. And, and the simple prayer gives us five important insights for mastering the practice. So if we did take our prayer life or communication with God to a level of trying to master it, to, uh, to create it as a skill, um, which as long as we're authentic, I mean, we can't, I, I, there's, um, I mean, I can, I can improve my communication with my wife or, you know, my children, um, but my heart's got to be in it to do that, right? So as we look at these, at this prayer, uh, what we now know as to be the Lord's Prayer, the five things, the number one is, is Father, where we can leverage our connection. Leverage your connection is how Pastor Mark Moore puts it. Far and away, the most important lesson on prayer is in the first sentence, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It, it seems simple to address God as Father. However, before Jesus, no one ever did this consistently, yet Jesus almost always opened up his prayers with Father or Abba. And the only exception is in Psalms 22, 1, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is really a very powerful point, and it's a, it's a powerful uh, foundation for us to, to build our communication process with God. Our recognition, our, our starting point, our entry point, is to recognize that when we recognize that, God, that our God in heaven is our loving Father, it transforms our conversation. And I have to emphasize loving Father. Because God is a loving Father. We, it, and it, it should transform our conversation. It should guide and direct 
our conversations with him. I, you know, growing up, when I was growing up, um, I never knew that saying no to my father was an option <laughs> because it wasn't. You know, um, I didn't disrespect my father. I didn't uh, talk back to my father. There was there was much respect, you know, and um, um, you know we. But I also knew that I could go in and crawl up on his lap if I so felt like doing so. <laughs> and uh, as we address God that way, as we recognize who he is, this alone will, will overcome every deficiency in our prayers. If, if we're looking to learn how to say the right prayer or to say prayers right or to say the perfect prayer, then we're missing the point. It's a, it's, a, it's a relationship of intimacy with God. By getting to know God as our doting father, I love that, our doting father, those who don't pray enough, would become exclusively chatty. And those who pray only out of duty would drop the formality and speak to the one who loves them. As for those who pray frivolously, one true glimpse of the loving Father would remind them of his capacity and purposes are greater than our petty demands and desires. How do you talk to God? Who is God to you? Because who he is to you is how you are going to approach him and what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, conversation you might have with him. To get a, a true glimpse, an authentic glimpse of our heavenly father. And just as a side note, Jesus said, you know, if you have seen me, you've seen the father. And so some of the attributes that we see in Jesus, we know that those are attributes of God. But, but how do you talk to God? Are you chatty <laughs> with him? Are you uh, talkative with God? Are you, is it, do you talk to him out of duty? And do you, uh, you know, because you have to pray before your meals? Is your conversation with God frivolously, with no intents or intentions or no respect or, or, no regard for who God really is because that's ineffective when if we get a true glimpse of the loving father it would remind them of our of his capacity and purposes are greater than our petty demands what if we prayed to God with his point of view of himself in mind what if we approach God in knowing him and his attributes and knowing who he is and his ability to do? Would it, would it impact our prayer life? Would it impact our ability to go to God? Would it, it should. And I'm encouraging us tonight that, that we do go to God in that way and and, um, you know, maybe for some calling God father is a difficult thing for, for them because of a traumatic childhood experience. And, um, but nonetheless, even though those without a father or maybe not a great one have an instinctive longing for a good father, 
And that's God's design. God fathers, good fathers on earth model the ideal father in heaven. But in order for us to model him, we have to get to know him. We have to understand him. We have to mimic and imitate and realize who he is. And, and how do we recognize God's divine nature as father? Well, he tells us in this passage, hallowed be your name in Matthew 6, 9. To God that we pledge to make your reputation honorable. You know, I, I want to... Um, the power of our name and passing our name down in our lineage is, is, in, is in that name being honorable and honoring God. And we do that, you know, it, it's, it, it's possible. We praise all the time. We praise athletes. We praise friends. Uh, we praise spouses, hopefully. We praise our children. You know, hopefully we praise our co-workers or our, our employees or, you know, our pastors, <laughs> um, each other. You know, we give, we should be able to give praise. And and how do we do that? We, we simply do that by, you know, by saying you are and then giving an attribute. You are kind. You are generous. You are uh, friendly. And... Um, and maybe recognizing what they did, maybe their behavior. You know, you you did, um, you know, you took out the trash yesterday with so much enthusiasm, <laughs> with excellence. Uh, well, actually, I took it out today. And uh, uh, but when we address God, we can do the same thing. When we when we look at the attributes of God, you know, we we can marvel and be moved by who he is some of the attributes of god number one is emmanuel always with us that god is is with us he's christ the lord that's an attribute faithful witness is an attribute hope is an attribute of god holy shepherd advocate prince of peace we come to to the prince of peace for prayer to just come and hang out, to to gather our senses of, of boy, I you, my head was hurting last night. I watched way too much of that, whatever it was. <laughs> and I, I needed the Prince of Peace to rest my mind. He is the author of our faith, the light of the world the deliverer, the high priest, the redeemer, the living stone, the king of kings, the mediator, our savior, my beloved, the way, the truth, and the life. And, and just understanding some of these attributes, the bread of life. He is the alpha and the omega. And when we, when we address God and hallowing his name and we, we address these attributes of God, his character, and we we embrace that on an intimate level and we just we just sit with and soak in who he is it will transform our prayer life you see the lord's prayer begins with praise and so should ours and and we could practice praising god that would be a skill to develop if if you want to practice praising god just Fill in those blanks of, of you are and fill in those attributes and, and um, 
and remind him and then remind yourself that he is the gift of God, that Jesus. When we magnify the nature and the holiness of God, it changes the tone of prayer from petition to praise, from expectation to exaltation. It changes our view of God from genie to the Father whose best interest shapes our conversations. So how we approach God, do we, do we enter into his throne room of grace and his courts of praise with praise and thanksgiving, recognizing who he is and, and recognizing the invitation that he has given to us to communicate with him, to talk with him, to pray, to, to be in his presence. Hezekiah prayer, Hezekiah's prayer in a moment of severe crisis in 2 Kings illustrates how well praise on the front side will improve your prayers. Putting the Father on the throne of your heart gives you boldness to speak, especially during low tides, life's low tides. Hebrews 4.16 tells us, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help us in our time of need. To enter into the throne room of God's grace, to approach him, to communicate with him, to just talk with him, to just sit with him, just like if he was sitting in this chair right next to me and and just opening up our hearts and our minds to to him to, to be God, to be holy, to be my shepherd, to be my savior, to be the light of the world. There's a vacuum in our country right now of leadership. God is the best leader of all. All of leadership principles that are successful, they're all found in the Bible. We just got to read Ecclesiastes or Proverbs along with James that says, hey, if you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give you wisdom. (laughs) Boy, do we need some wisdom for those who direct our country. The kingdom. Embrace God's agenda. Jesus directed us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6.10. The power of prayer is, is not primarily in asking God for what you want, but in aligning your life with his agenda. I hope you have his book so that you can underline that passage. The power of prayer is not primarily in the asking God for what you want, but in aligning your life with his agenda. Is our life aligned with his agenda? The power of prayer is found in our aligning our lives with God's agenda. Lord, let your will be done in my life, not my will be done. And as a starting point, we come in and we, we recognize God as our Father and we, we ask for your kingdom to come and we pray, Father, that your will be done and, and align my life with your agenda. Let me have the courage. Let me have the wisdom. Let me have the surrender. Surrender my agenda. And just say, Lord, I'm just going to spend 15 minutes with you right now and I'm just going to listen. 
Lord, I'm here for you to tell me whatever it is that you want to tell me. And if you don't have anything to tell me, that's okay too. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to praise you and I'm going to worship you. The power of prayer is, is in asking God for what you want, but in aligning your life with his agenda. When we know God's purpose, we can pray for things and God will say yes. When we know God's purpose, when we pray according to his will, God will say yes. God will never answer a prayer that forces him to contradict what he said in the Bible. We can't pray ask God to contradict what he's already said. So if we ask him to eliminate wars, the answer will be no. The Bible says that there will be wars and rumors of war until the end of time. That's maybe not so comforting, but it's accurate. It's truthful. It's understanding. It's knowing that, that these things are going to take place. Because why? Because people are going to reject God. They're going to surrender. James says you fight and you argue because you don't get what you want. There was a lot of that going on last night. A lot of fighting and arguing and because they all want to get what they want. On the other hand, there are a number of requests to God, which God promises a yes if we just ask. These include requests for wisdom, James 1.5. To request for the Holy Spirit in Luke 11.13. For escape from temptation, Luke 22.40. 1 Corinthians 10.13. And for the ability to promote Jesus, Matthew 9.37.38. To practice the prayer of, to practice this part of the prayer, to choose two of those items and pause right now to ask God for those things in our own language. In other words, we're going to do that right now. We're going to we're going to stop for a minute, not to try to impress God with words, but just simply to ask God for wisdom or for the Holy Spirit or for the, to be able to escape from the temptations that are coming our way or for the ability to pro to promote Jesus. How about if we pray that right now? Let's pray that. Father, I come before you right now and I just ask for you to give me the ability to promote Jesus. Father, give me courage and, and the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge. Bring opportunity, Lord, into our lives to where we can share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Let me promote the God of the universe. Let me promote the light of the world. Let me promote this hope of the world. Let me promote this person who, who died on the cross for us so that we could live with you eternally. And Father, maybe there's some that need the Holy Spirit in their life right now in a mighty powerful way. Pray for that. Ask God to give you his Holy Spirit. The psalmist said, please don't take away the Holy Spirit. Take your, your Holy Spirit away. That's, that's as simple, I mean, that's as complicated as those pra that prayer moment needs to be. We can, we can just simply, in the middle of whatever we're doing, wherever we are, we, could, we can ask God for simple things that we know that He wants to give us. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us His Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to go away, and when I go away, I'm going to send the paraclete. I'm going to send the helper who's going to come back, the Spirit of truth, 
And he's going to teach you all the things that I've taught you already. And we have an opportunity to live by the Spirit or to live by the flesh. To be filled with his Spirit. To be refilled and refilled. To live moment by moment through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, and um, that's part of God's will and his desire. If I guarantee you, if you ask for God to fill you with his spirit, he's not going to say no. <laughs> it's in his will that he wants you to be filled, to come to the knowledge of his son. He's not going to deny you. He's not going to deny me that transforming work in his in our lives the third is give to acquire resources when, when deciding what request to make we must simply answer the question what do i need to do my job when we align ourselves with the god's purpose in life Jesus promised that he would give us everything that we need to accomplish everything God wants us to do. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it according to his will. In other words, Lord, what do I need from you to fulfill my calling in life? What do I need from you, Lord? What, what, what do you need to equip me with? What skill do I need to have or what gifts and talents have you given me that, that you want to use of me? And Lord, whatever I'm lacking, pick up the gap. Close up the gap and, and, and allow and to bring into my awareness so I have courage to know that, hey, if I go, if God sends me somewhere, he's sending me fully equipped just like he said in the old testament I, I go before you i go with you wherever you go i go with you god is ready to say yes to our prayers the greatest mistake in prayer is not the asking for too much but for asking for too little <laughs> oh Sometimes we do ask selfishly. But Jesus' brother put it this way, you do not have because you do not ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions in James 4.2. In other words, you, you don't ask because you don't have and then you don't get because you ask for the wrong motive. So as we, um, as we bring our will in alignment with God's, and we ask for the things that God wants us to give, wants to give us, and we want to do it with the right motives to further the kingdom of God, or to be one that would that would that our fruit would be seen and our lives would be a testimony of you that that people would want to be a part of whatever it is we were a part of. I gotta tell you, okay, I'm not gonna say it. I was embarrassed last night as an American over the behavior of two men who want to run our country.
I'm trying to stay on task here. All about Jesus. We can list those things and we can ask boldly. There's nothing wrong with being bold and stern and being um, just being a strong person. But let's be that strong person for Jesus. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a strong person in the pursuit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was just equally as strong as Saul when he was on the wrong team. <laughs> and he was, he was uh, uh, playing against Jesus. So we can be strong for God. But let us also be compassionate and be kind. The Bible tells us that it is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Why doesn't God answer all our prayers immediately? <clears throat> Some answers are postponed because it's not yet the time or we're not ready. Let your will be done, Father. Whatever the timing is of whatever it is that you're praying God for, Rest in the wisdom and the understanding that, that he wants the best for us. And maybe what it is that I'm asking for right now might not be the right time to have whatever he's asking, whatever I'm asking for. And so I, I, I surrender that and I, and I release that through the trusting of my heavenly father who is a loving father. who only wants the best for us. Some answers are just postponed. Many of our prayers are postponed because we're, we've imposed barriers of God's approval. We want to we wanna truly be in alignment with God's perfect will. The fourth one is forgive, to remove barriers. Sometimes this is a hard one. Sometimes it's a hard one to forgive other people. And sometimes it's a hard one to forgive ourselves. Sometimes our prayers are hindered because we haven't forgiven someone who has hurt us. The anger and the resentment and bitterness are barriers between God and us as much as between others and us. And it doesn't matter if your hurt was recent or it was long ago. It doesn't matter if you're justified in your anger or not. That's why Jesus said, wherever you are standing, whenever you stand praying, forgive. And if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Forgive those who trespass against you. And maybe that's the prayer that we need to ask right now is, Lord, teach me how to forgive or do a transformative, do a transformational work in me that allows me to, to move into an authentic experience of forgiveness. That doesn't mean that I have to say that whatever maybe somebody did, maybe it was wrong and it was bad or it, was not, it wasn't right. I'm not making it right. I'm just asking God to remove the, the, the anger and the resentment of it so that I can be free of it. So that we can be free of it. Forgiving others frees us to have an open relationship with God. 
When we forgive others as God forgave us, our prayers will follow more freely and be answered more readily. It's an illustration of what God did for us, that even when we were enemies of God, when we were when we hated him, he he died on the cross for us. He he forgave us. He pursues us to walk in to that relationship with him. Maybe right now there's somebody that comes to mind for you. Consider for a moment whether there's a person that's either living or not. Maybe you're at odds with them. And, and just speak that person's name quietly before God right now and ask for the strength to forgive. Just even right now, just take that moment and and just that simple. It, 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 it's just, Lord, help me. Let me forgive whoever and for whatever. And, and if you can't forgive right now, ask God to give you the desire to forgive. That's an authentic response to God and saying, Lord, I know your word just told me uh, that I'm supposed to forgive, but I'm, I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with being able to do that. So I, I want you to help me to even get to a point where I can think about doing that. And that's our level of intimacy with God. And if you can't even desire that, thank God for giving, for forgiving you and ask for his spirit to change your heart. I think as we come before God humbled, authentic, He responds to those. He allows for His Spirit to come in. And the Father wants to say yes to our prayers. Forgiveness is so important that it is the only part of the prayer that Jesus commanded that if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespass. It's that important that God says, look, I've got this law here that says, if you don't forgive them, I can't forgive you. But if you'll forgive them, I'll forgive you. And, and And it's this, and I want you to forgive. I want you to forgive. I want you to experience the freedom of forgiveness. And the last one is deliver, to follow a guide. Sin is another barrier to answered prayers. When we're purposefully participating in behaviors that dishonor God and degrade our human dignity, it's hard for us to have open communication with God. Sin, disobedience. Whatever it might be, whatever might be struggling with. It, it could even be as simple as, hey, to him who knows what is right to do and doesn't do it, that's sin. And all the way through the lists of, of all of the, the colorful ones of adultery and, and fornication and drugs and alcohol and gambling and all these things that, that destroy And it's being able to come to God and say, Lord, if there's anything in my way, if there's anything standing between us that's, that's, that's hindering our relationship, mine and yours, reveal that to me now. 
See, when we're purposefully participating in behaviors that dishonor God and degrade our human dignity, it's hard for us to have open communication. See, because we can't be honest with God and we know it. And one of two things happens when we find ourselves in those situations to where we're, we're wrestling with, well, I know, as Paul says, I don't do the things that I'm supposed to do and I do the things that I'm not supposed to do. And, oh, what a wretched man that I am. And, and when we're authentically and, and dealing with those things, but we're coming to God and we come, continue to come in, in search of his forgiveness, that's different than when we just decide, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do this because this is what I want to do in my life. And I don't care what God thinks. And the attitude, when we take that attitude, one of two things happens. Either God draws us closer and we come closer because his conviction, because he said he promised us the Holy Spirit who would convict us in spirit and in truth. So there's no denying when we know that we know that we know that we've missed the mark. It's when we try to ignore that and when we try to deceive ourselves and we try to continue on that path and we say, oh, never mind God. See, because then we have to continue to keep getting further and further and further away from the pulling of the cross that is calling us closer, of his altar that is calling us to say, come, Come to me just as you are and, 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 and let me restore you. It's that still small voice, that whisper that gets so loud that we then have to drown it out with other things that, and try to get as far away from God as we possibly can. And, and that's a dangerous place. In 1 Peter 3, 7, God reminds us, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. That's a powerful passage of Scripture for all husbands. It's not to show the woman as a weaker vessel in terms of, uh, of lower in stature or it, it's it's a, a rank-and-file system of responsibility that God has created men and women differently, physically, emotionally. And, and this is, he's saying, honor, show honor to the woman with respect and understanding. And in that honoring your wife, your prayers will not be hindered. That's... That's a powerful passage of Scripture for us. To practice this aspect of prayer, simply tell God what He already knows. <laughs> See, God already knows it all, right? We can't, we can't fit, trick Him. Confess out loud one or two habits or activities that you're not so proud of. And if you're with people right now, just say it in your mind. Unless you feel led to say it to somebody confess our sins one to another and, and, and God will restore us. Genuinely apologize and ask God to give you strength to resist temptation. This is not a time to beat yourself up. Jesus' death on a cross saved you from this. But if you don't confess it, it will weigh us down. It's not about 
being horrible, terrible, ugly people. It's about being real people, real humans that are being and doing and making mistakes and coming back together. I think that both of those candidates owe the American public an apology. Both of them. Will they do it? I don't know. We'll pray. We'll pray for that. The Bible tells us to pray for our president and all those in authority. And so we will lift him up in the prayer. And, uh, but I think that, man, <laughs> we have an opportunity to come together as a country if our leadership could just bring us together. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. It's an opportunity for us to, to get right with God. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is, is just having a conversation. It's just apologizing to God and saying, God, it's me again. <laughs> yep, messed up again. I'm sorry again. And mean it. And God removes sin from our lives. And when we confess it to him and make restitution wherever possible, the Bible calls this repentance and it comes with a promise of forgiveness. First John 1, 9, if we confess, if. Gosh, that, that if is so big in our lives. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He makes us right standing with him. And this takes us full circle to the fatherhood of God. Because he doesn't want to isolate it or be separated from him, this gives us the confidence to pray even when our behavior has caused us to stray from him. And so as we gather around this table of prayer, as we seek his perfect will in our lives, I would encourage you to spend quiet time, uninterrupted time, intentional time, with this God of salvation, this God of the universe, this God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, this loving God who loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And I know there are a lot of things going on in the world today. There are fires that are destroying homes and taking lives. And there are, there's chaos in the streets. And there are all these, these opportunities to look. I saw a sign, a picture on Facebook, I don't know, Instagram or something that said, you know, it was a picture of the, the fires in, in Napa. You know, where is the mercy of God? 
And I immediately looked to the cross. I said, that's where it is. There's the mercy of God on the cross. God sent his only begotten son. How much more could he demonstrate his love than that? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you, Father, that you have allowed us to gather together. And Lord, as we just are reminded about the power of prayer and as we are reminded of the power of forgiveness, I would just pray that you would forgive us. I would pray that you would forgive me, Lord, if there's anything in my life that is hindering my relationship with you, I, I apologize and I, and I ask for your forgiveness. And I pray, Lord, that you would restore our lives, that you would restore our country, that you would bring unity, that men in all places would stand together with arms raised high in praise and worship of you. And our biggest concern would be for each other to make sure that the other's needs are being met. Father, only you can fix this country. And we pray and we lift it up to you. Help us to do our part on our streets, in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our communities, in our households. Let it start with us in our own homes, Lord, and in my own heart, Lord. Father, I pray for transformation to rain down upon us in a mighty, powerful way just as you promised that you would do if we would humble ourselves before you. I ask you, Lord, to do these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.